It's time now for our Legends of Sports update here on ESPN Radio 94.1. Matt Hatfield here with you. And at this time, joined by a special guest, played for the Dallas Cowboys where he won Super Bowl twelve. We're talking about the 1978 Pro Bowler Thomas Hollywood Henderson, brought to us by our friend Coach Charles Hatcher, the Norview Living Legend, Sports Inside and Out. Go check out the podcast, sportsinsideandout.com. Coach Hatcher, Thomas Hollywood Henderson, thank you so much. Coach Hatcher, we got a special one from back in the day, the old era. Yeah, you know, if you, if you think you enjoy most of the great ones that we bring to the Tidewater area group, 94.1757 with, with Matt, I mean, we, for some reason, all the great ones we get, we, we got to come to this young guy at Tidewater, so y'all really continue to say, well, because we're bringing you the greatest of those that help make the game different sports, so, but, uh, He's a good one. Uh, great orator has a great storyline uh, for us. And, you know, he, he's been a part of our our broadcast team for almost 25 years in our personal uh, uh, appearances for the Super Bowl. We, we've seen a many a Super Bowl out there through Nick Nicolosi now, of course, uh, retired and a facilitator for NFL alumni. And... Uh, God bless uh, uh, the, the guys that have been involved, as you can uh, see that we bring to you, Matt, are very, very much real, very, very uh, conscious about their plan and what they can do, and also being available to guys to have programs that make a difference in the fan constituency. So I'm happy to bring him, man, and uh, as always, we're going we're gonna to keep feeding the news they can use down there through you, Matt. Well, we appreciate it greatly. Uh, Mr. Henderson, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, how's life treating you? Well, you know, life is uh, treating me well. Uh, I'm 67 years old, uh, and I've been I've been clean and sober more than half of my life now. I, I live a life of recovery. I've been clean and sober for 37 years, and... I can tell anybody out there who's struggling with any alcohol or drugs that, you know, it works if you work it. And if you decide to quit, um, um, it's, a, it's a good life. Well, I want to get with that to you, your, your remarkable story of recovery and being sober that you hit on here in just a little bit. But let's start off with the beginnings for you, the, the humble beginnings. And you, you have in the last 20 years also been inducted into a couple of Hall of Fames, Langston University's Athletic Hall of Fame and the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Going the NAIA route, not a big-time school, not one of these Power 5 programs that's you know in the limelight. Uh, how much did that help kind of mold and shape you for your pro- playing career at the professional level? Well, you know, I had a late, I was a late bloomer as, as a kid, so it was my senior year in high school. I couldn't play my junior year, but in my senior year in high school, you know, I got the looks from Barry Switzer at Oklahoma, but I had Vietnam hanging over my head. I had graduating from high school hanging over my head, and I mean, I came an inch from going to Vietnam. Um I ended up a walk-on at Langston University in Langston, Oklahoma, and I got there on a Tuesday, and I was uh, was in the starting lineup by Saturday, and we were in Kentucky, playing Kentucky State, and that started my career as a player. Um, 
college career, uh, Consensus All-America, AP Little All-America, and the Dallas Cowboys took a shot on me in 1975 in the first round. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to that, part of that first round selection, 18th overall, uh, Hollywood, in that dirty dozen draft, if you will, as a rookie, you were kind of known uh, for making some plays on special teams, had that reverse handoff, 97-yard kickoff return for a touchdown against the St. Louis Cardinals, blocked a punt against the uh, New York Jets. How much did doing that, those things on special teams really enable you to get on the field even more and become that playmaker that you ended up being for the team in that Super Bowl run? Yeah, you know, Playing for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you know, you have to wait your turn. Um, so Dave Edwards was, was the starting strong side linebacker. D.D. Lewis was on the weak side. Leroy Jordan was in the middle. That's how old I am. Okay. <laughs> so, and so my first year, there was no shot because I didn't understand what Tom Landry was trying to show me. And my second year, you know, we had Cal Peterson uh, that sort of came in, and then Bob Brunig was a third-round pick, and he paid more attention to the books than I did. Because, first of all, I want you to know, I just was a freaky, crazy football player. Uh, you know, I just wanted to line up and let's go. Um, I did not pay attention to the books, and I'm glad I did because I don't like to play by the book. I like to play on my instinct. But it was in my third year that I became a starter with the Dallas Cowboys. And and then I understood what Coach Landry was trying to teach me. And it, it was it was choreography, uh, to use a word that's probably never used in football. But it was like a day, it was like a waltz with 11 people. Mm-hmm. And once I understood that, then I could put my flavor on it, um, you know. And by my third year, I was a starting lineup and, and won the Super Bowl. So I really don't have any milk to cry in about my career. I, uh, you know, when you're chosen to the Pro Bowl, that means your your peers pick you in the Pro Bowl. The press picks the All Pro and things like that. So. Um, I had a great career in football. I mean, and, and I only played seven years, but I'm glad. <laughs> you know, when you get 67 years old, you're sort of glad you didn't play another seven or eight years. <laughs> What's you, know, up? I, you know, I can brush my teeth and tie my shoes, and I can kind of pick up. I can reach down and pick up the newspaper. <laughs> I can get a box off the shelf. Uh, uh, I see people who played 14. Yeah, those 15, 20 years would be putting a hurt on you. Wouldn't be able to do some of those things. We're talking with the Dallas Cowboys great Thomas Hollywood Henderson here in our Legends of Sports update brought to us by the living legend Coach Charles Hatcher of Norview High School fame here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on ESPN Radio 94.1. Go check out everything Coach Hatcher and his crew are doing at sportsinsideandout.com with the podcast and all the conversations in depth with the legends. And uh, that great nickname, Thomas Hollywood. Um, certainly with kind of your swagger that you brought was how you got it. Tell us, um, looking back on it, like the nickname at the time, not so much these days. Kind of take me through the whole nickname and the moniker, which has stuck with you to this day. Yeah, not so much now. Uh, you know, my friends call me Thomas. Um, 
You know, I, I, uh, we, we played in Super Bowl ten. We lost that game, and I met a pretty entertainer uh, with the Porno Sisters, and I started dating Anita. And I went to Hollywood, California. I went to the Playboy Mansion. I was hanging out with uh, the Temptations and and Richard Pryor, Ooh. Hugh Hefner, and. and so uh, when I came back uh, to Dallas, uh, I had a fur coat on. <laughs> Robert Robert Newhouse uh, looked at me one day in the locker room and says, "Oh, so you Hollywood now?" <laughs> and, and that's kind of where it it, it began. And, um, yeah, it was uh, you know that whole persona was number one, you know, if I could have kept my head together and kept my life together, you know, it was a pretty good brand. Um, You know, guys have done a lot better job with it these days than I did because all I did was drink and drug and act a fool and nearly end my own life. Uh, So as, 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 as smart as it was, as, uh, as you know, as lucky as it was that I got a brand, um, you know, there's a price to pay for that because I, I stayed in that character mm-hmm. and that character started drinking and that character was smoking and that character was uh, using cocaine. That, that character, you know, lost his mind, you know. But then Thomas, Thomas Henderson was, was the, you know, the... The, the human being that had to carry this moniker of silliness and and, and, and addiction, and and so you know, I I eventually crashed and burned. Yeah, and, and I'm gonna get to that here with you in, in detail a little bit more here. But you know, Lawrence Taylor, who's regarded as one of the best ever on defense, he said that he was inspired to wear 56 because it was your number. I mean, you were looked up to as a role model. I mean, I imagine that had to be some of the things as you were going through dark times that kept you going and inspired you, but at the same time, the off-the-field life, that was starting to, I guess, take its toll. Well, yeah. Um, you know, I, I played football uh, as a very, very serious matter. Uh, you can't coach... Uh, you, you can't coach... Um, somebody's uh, you know you know fearless you, you can't coach fearless and so I'm a fearless football player uh, take all comers what you got who are you what is what and and so I played the game at a high level because I was going to hunt and and that shows uh, throughout my career. Well, and looking at that, Thomas, um, you talked about being fearless. At what point did the fear enter you as far as the off-the-field habits that, my gosh, this might not end real well for me? You know, I, I wish I would have had some fear of, of normality. I didn't have any of that either. You know, I... My off-the-field activities were, you know, if, if, if somebody tells you the 70s wasn't fun, they wasn't there. 
so there was way too much going on for this boy from Austin. Talking with Thomas Hollywood Henderson, Dallas Cowboys fame, 1978 Pro Bowler, two-time NAIA All-American who helped the Cowboys capture Super Bowl twelve. It's 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1, our Legends of Sports segment with Coach Charles Hatcher bringing it to us from Norview High School, sportsinsideandout.com. You know, it's interesting. Off the field, though, I imagine you've been proud of, you know, not just the sobriety, but the things you've been able to contribute uh, as far as as much as you were in your as far as your impact on the field, would would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, I was. I've, I've been able to, besides my recovery, I've been able to give back in my community. I built a football complex in Austin, Texas. Uh, I've got thirteen films, uh, short films, thirty to forty-five minutes. Uh, my story is used in prisons and rehab counseling centers and jails all over the United States. So, you know, I've found some worth and value out of my utter silliness to, to become a just a absolutely crazy alcoholic and drug addict. That's terrific to, um, to hear. And um, win the lottery in Texas. How about that? I mean, you win, uh, was it, $28 million I see reported in, in 2000? And then to be able to help lives with that, that's got to be a real blessing for you, right? Well, you know, okay, you win $28 million. You know, I took the cash option back in those days, 20 uh-huh. years ago. Uh, so I ended up with $14.4 million. Then you take a 39% off of that. You end up with about $9 million cash. <laughs> And that's what I did. I didn't want those people in my business for 20 years. And so I'm still a millionaire. Uh, I'm still giving. Uh, My life is good. Uh, You know, all of the craziness in my life was was done in a blackout. I don't remember 82 or 83. I don't remember it. When you start... You know, lighting your crack with 151 rum and then drinking the 151 rum after you're done smoking, you don't, you don't remember much. Mm. And so thus was my life. Um, so for 37 years, um, I've become the man, you know, that I, I think I wanted to be. I'm a grandfather. I'm a father of two daughters. I'm the, the oldest brother of about 13 kids. Um, that's after I found my father's kids. Um, so I am still, you know, giving in my community. There's still a football stadium and a, and a track for the kids in East Austin, Texas. And, and, and so, you know, there, there were some dark days. And I'm actually glad that I don't remember uh, the dark days. Um, but it keeps it keeps everything else in balance. You know, you know that old uh, that old hymnal. You know, there have been some good days. There have been some bad days, but I won't complain. <laughs> 
Uh, it's great to hear. A couple more for you, and I'll let you run. And, and Coach Hatcher can jump in here as well, and greatly appreciate the time here. You know, uh, Thomas, Tom Landry, I mean, there's so many um, revered coaches in, in the sport of professional football's history when you think of the likes of the, the Vince Lombardis and the Papa Bear Hallises and the Bill Parcells, the Joe Gibbs, the Bill Belichick now, and, and I'm forgetting a number of great coaches. But Tom Landry is right there among the greatest coaches in the history of professional football. What did he mean to you, and what did he mean to the Dallas Cowboys franchise looking back on it now? You know, uh, and I don't say this lightly, you know, he, he was the greatest coach I've ever had. Uh, he was he was a scientist. He was a disciplinarian. Uh, he was a no-nonsense guy. He knew football. i tell you a quick story. Mm-hmm. That he didn't coach me very much. But the one day that he did coach me, I was a rookie. And here comes Roger Starbuck and Blaine Nye and Ralph Neely and Rayfield Wright and Roger Starbuck and this. I mean, it was it was overwhelming. And they came to training camp because we rookies had already been there a couple of weeks. So here come the veterans. And so maybe the third or fourth day, uh, they line up on goal line. And Landry, you know, came over and said, Henderson, come here. He says, now listen, if the play goes that way, I want you to go through that gap. And if it goes that way, I want you to key the key the back and the guard. If it goes that way, I want you to go inside there. Well, they snapped and went away from me. I went through this hole, and I killed the guy with my, you know, just helmet to helmet with a full back, destroyed him. And I sort of went back to Coach Landry like a kid, and I go, like that? And he shook his head in, in affirmation. He goes, yeah, like that. Yeah. And, and from that moment on, Tom Landry trusted me as a football player. And I was on every one of his goal line stances. Hmm. That's great. But, but, so I can't say anything negative about Tom Landry because he, he treated me good, but he didn't understand my addiction. But I'm a, I'm going to, say this for the record mm-hmm. I'm probably the only guy on planet earth who played for Tom Landry Bill Walsh Bum Phillips and Don Shula that's four great ones right there I mean <laughs> so you, you could write a book on those four I imagine <laughs> I think so yeah. last two for you uh, Thomas and, and again thank you so much for the time here you know, uh, do you follow much of, we know it's been some rough years here for this Dallas Cowboys franchise lately. Do you follow much of the current Cowboys? Well, I'm always a Cowboy fan. Okay. But, you know, the defensive scheme that they're running is like a, it's it's dangerous for linebackers. Right, let me explain. Yeah, what way? So when you play five linemen, you know, and, and two linebackers, uh, these guys are 230, 240 now. They get leaned on a lot by you know by 300 pound guys, and and so it's a the Dallas Cowboys scheme is a linebacking death zone. Uh, Thomas, I mean, as crazy and as good as I am as a football player, I could play that scheme, but I would be hurt a lot. 
because my little 220-pound ass can't handle 300-pound guys over and over and over and over again. So I don't like the two linebacker set. I know they're playing a lot of flag football now. You know, here, here comes a flanker, you know, running full speed and gets the ball and there's no edge. You know, he, there's no edge. There's no edge to protect. So sometimes it looks like flag football to me. Sometimes it looks like a game that I don't know that I could have played. Some say my speed would have helped. I, I really don't like it. Um, it's more of an offensive uh, game now. They want to score. They want touchdowns. You know, I'm, I'm still one of those guys that was, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust and let's do it again. <laughs> uh, so the game is, uh, is different. It's faster. And I told a friend of mine, I don't think I could play it. He argued with me, so I'm glad he did. It helped my ego. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great to hear. Final one for me. Thomas, you know, uh, as we embark on this new calendar year of 2021, and it was a very challenging 2020 on a variety of fronts with um, the pandemic of COVID-19 and the social unrest in our country and people fighting mental health and depression all over the world. We know about the alcoholism and so many different things all over uh, America. What would you tell them? Because you are an inspiration to so many people being sober for over 30 years, people fighting all kinds of challenges in their life. What would you tell them as they go into a new year and kind of give them that sense of, of purpose and motivation, if you can, for our listeners. Yeah, I, I, I would simply say, hold on. Just hold on one day at a time. You, you, you know, there's nothing you can do about next month. There's nothing you can do about last month. You can take care right now. And if you do that one day at a time, just handle what you can handle. Be safe. Don't be stupid. Don't argue. Don't argue about a pandemic. Don't tell me about CO2 coming back if you wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask for yourself, wear your mask for your neighbor, for the stranger. And I know you wouldn't do anything to hurt people you love, but love everybody. Um... This is a, a very tough time. I don't recognize these times for us, so it's very challenging. Now, if, if you had a drinking issue or problem, or if you drank, I know that it's probably been elevated. And I want to tell you something. I've been sober 37 years. This past November was my 37th year. I don't need alcohol to do anything. I don't, I, and so, whether it's marijuana, opioids, pills, you say your shoulder hurts. Come on. You, you know, your shoulder doesn't hurt like that. Your, your back. Um, come on. You, you know that that's not right. So, whether it's alcohol, whether it's pills, whether it's your foot, your knee, your ankle, you know, you know, there's there's pain and then there's discomfort. But like the company Purdue, uh, 
that was distributing all of these opioids, um, like Oxy, OxyContin, it has a time release mechanism. So I, I understand how you could be hooked on it and addicted to it. But being sober, you know, you can handle anything. You know, being high or being drunk or high, that doesn't help anything. So, so my word is, I believe that sobriety is an option for all of us because some of us tried it and liked it and stayed with it too long. Uh, I did. Uh, but a clean and sober life, you know, I woke up this morning, I went to bed sober. That's, that's one of the things I'll leave you with. You know, the, the nights I'm able to go to bed sober, well, miraculously, I wake up sober. That's Some excellent food for thought there, Coach Hatcher, from a Super Bowl champion who dazzled on the gridiron and still making a contribution in all walks of life off the field. Yeah, these are the friendships and acquaintances that we really, really are treasure. I've been very, very fortunate, thank God. They went out to do some things in my dear friends, Nick Nicolosi, all the other guys that are part of my professional career on and off all sports and uh, I'm very very fortunate to be able to bring that type of content and structure and individualism to an avenue back in my home state of Virginia and I do credit a lot to you Madam Big putting our lives for a reason there for the Virginia region to bring this type of messaging to the fan constituents and all those great sports fans in the Hampton Road Southern Thoughts Thanks a lot for, for letting us be the voice of the legends of sports too. A young man that appreciates and has a great future in the business as well, such as yourself. We'll continue to bring the greatest of the greats to you, and we're going to do everything I can to have the type of messaging and content of things that you need to hear and not want to hear that will be able to change your lives. So thanks a lot for letting Sports Inside and Out and our staff be a part of a collaboration with Matt Hatfield of 757. Thank you, gentlemen. It was a real pleasure and treat, and a happy new year to you all here in 2021. Be blessed. Thank you so much, and Tom, I'll check with you in a little while, my friend. Okay. All right, brother. Okay. All right. God bless. On behalf of Max Zilla, program coordinator and all there is, uh, thank you so much for letting us be a part of your day. That's former Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl champion Thomas Hollywood Henderson along with our pal Coach Charles Hatcher, the Norview living legend from Sports Inside and Out right here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk exclusively in Hampton Roads on ESPN Radio 94.1.